Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts in the world, and it's all because of my truly incredible guests. And I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are literally at the top of their game, and they come onto this podcast willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. These are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance. And our top, excuse me, my co- our topic today is learn the five-part framework that you can use to finally find focus, clarity, and peace in the midst of a chaotic world. We're living in it. From the author of the Peace Index and my guest Jeremy Kubitschek, he's been my guest before. Now Jeremy is a powerful communicator, a serial serial entrepreneur, and a content builder. And he creates content used by some of the largest companies around the globe, found in the books that he has authored, The 100X Leader, Five Voices, that's a great book, I have it, Five Gears, and national, the national bestseller, Making Your Leadership Come Alive. Jeremy is also the co-founder of Giant, a company that certifies coaches and consultants that serve companies and their employees. We're going to talk a little bit about that, too. And he has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Jeremy, welcome back to your part in Success Radio. It's so good to have you here. So good to be with you again, Denise. Thank you for the opportunity. We... I have to tell our audience, we have had just boo-boo after boo-boo trying to get you here. One time you were supposed to be here, and you sent me this frantic note that I'm jumping on a plane. <laughs> okay, I think that takes priority. And then I managed to somehow mess up the date. So when when I heard your voice a little bit ago, I went, oh, we did it. He's here. Thank Good. Goodness. We made it. Absolutely. Did. Great. We did. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's great to be with you and great to be with all of you listening. Well, listen, thank you so much for for being here and for sending me your book, The Peace Index. It's a fabulous book. I actually read it the weekend before we were we were going to get on the first time, and then I read it again this past weekend to kind of refresh myself. This and I'm going to read a little bit from the beginning. Every person has a number over their head. Even though you can't see it, it's a number representing the level of peace they're feeling, the fulfillment level of their life. Even if you have a number, wouldn't you like to know what it is? That's all I needed to read. I sat down and I read the entire book in one afternoon. That's awesome. That's what it was designed for. It's it's a shorter read than others I've written for that purpose so that people can actually, you know, read it, digest it and do something with it. Exactly. And why did you read this book? I mean, it's, um, it's one of those things that you, you look at it and go, how did he come up with this? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. What kind of brain so, is this man walking around with? You know, it was interesting because I, my publisher, Wiley, um, actually, I just signed a four-book deal. And they uh, came to me and they said, look, 
or, or sorry, I signed a three boat field. I go, can you throw one more in? Could you do the one that you do on peace? Because we think the world needs it this, this fall. And well, this was in April when they said that. And I'm like, uh, when do you need it by? And, and they said, uh, May 31st. And I'm like, guys, that's April 26th. Uh, so I basically, I wrote the book in 18 days and, uh, literally got it to them so that it, they can do all their, you know, all the edits, all the, the design, so on and so forth. And it came out October uh, the 4th. So, um, it was really Wiley saying we feel the world needs it. Well, this is a tool that I've been using for years. So it was in, it was easy to write because I've used it for so many years in helping people um, kind of figure out why they're off. I'm looking at the introduction and it says, think about the time that you were complete when you were completely at peace. How long has it been since you experienced that feeling of freedom I had to put the book down and walk away and think about that. Hmm. And the answer wasn't nice. It it just, it was really disturbing to my peace of mind to realize that I had been living, I wouldn't say I've been living in a war with myself, but it seems like for the past many years, our world is just experiencing what I would call a low-level sense of distress. And it seems to be getting worse. I mean, we're all just walking around going, what the heck? Absolutely. And it's what's interesting about this is not only are we feeling it, but everyone else around us is feeling it, which then lowers our level of peace. So if you think about everyone's being affected by chaos, and chaos can be a myriad of different things. In fact, I kind of jokingly say, choose the chaos that affects you the most. Is it social unrest? Is it climate? Is, is it political? Is it war in Russia? Is it COVID or pandemics? Is it inflation, supply chain? You know, pick which one of these has, has really affected you the most or continues to affect you the most. Well, that's one thing. But then think about all the other people around us. They're being affected by all of those things. So uh, social media, media in general, exacerbate it and make it even more chaotic. And I'm just thinking, you know what, what would it look like if we could become, if, if we could actually mature. So when there is no external or outer peace, there is inner peace. And that's a mature person. They have inner peace when the world around them is chaotic. And listen, I'm, I'm just going to tell everybody and their grandmother, I turned off cable 12 years ago. I refuse to let that garbage into my living room. I just refuse. You know, TV is just, for the most part, in my opinion, total trash. The news is nothing but speculation and gossip, as far as I can tell. All right. I just don't, you know, I don't want it in my life. And if Mm -hmm. I do, and listen, I, I keep abreast of what's going on, but I'll be very frank with you. I go across the world to get my news. I don't get it from the American mainstream, which is a shame, but I don't trust them. I don't think many people do, to be honest, but maybe not. I don't know. But I noticed, and you know, you're talking about, you know, you're listening to other people and they're talking about, Bob, you know, just god awful things. Twelve years ago, I realized that every time I turned on the news, my stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. And that did it. I was done. When I could feel it in my gut, I had to leave. I had to walk off. So you have the, that chaos, 
But then there's this, there's a, uh, that, that's more external chaos. Then there's like local drama, like drama around you, which again is tied to the five P's that I write in the book and those, those circles. There's like five areas. So purpose, people, place, personal health, or provision. Those five are actually what I've found to be um, what typically affects people. One of those might be off so drastically that it's pulling all the rest down. So what the, the beauty of the peace index is it's basically helping you figure out where there's no peace and why there's no peace so that you can do something about it. Um, I found that most the, the leaders I work with, the people that I talk with, there's general whining that's been happening. You know, they, I wish we, why can't they, you know, it's just like general frustration. And I always tell people, look, general frustration won't get you anywhere except it gives you ulcers. But specific challenge, specific frustration is solvable. So I'm really, what I'm doing is I'm giving an index to the world to go, wouldn't you like to know why the number is off on your head? Is it personal health or is it a combination of your place and people? Uh, or is provision being low, which provision is your earnings, is that really, really affecting your purpose and dragging that down to another level? So that's the goal. That's the plan of the book. All right. And I'm looking at the book. That's That graphic is on page 19. But then we go, the next page, you know, it says the steps are simple. Give yourself a number from 1 to 100% in each circle. And then we start with purpose, like you said, people moving to place, then you go to personal health, and then you go to provision. Let's walk through those, if you don't mind. I mean, how yeah, do you sure. Come up with these? So, um, you know, you think uh, on one hand, uh, well, I first heard this concept from a sermon in a vicar, an Anglican vicar in London when we were living there by the name of Frog or Ewing. And he had heard it from someone, and, and I, I couldn't get that source. So the idea of his was purpose, people, and place. But we, we added personal health, we added provision, because it's, um, there was more to this, those three circles. So that was the original inspiration that came from that sermon. So uh, we talked to him about it. I'm like, hey, we're going to turn this into a tool. And, uh, and, and so we, we basically took that concept, and we call it the Peace Index Tool, so it's a great one when you're talking to um, colleagues, you're talking to, if you're coaching someone, if you're talking to your kids. So then those five started to, if you think about purpose, well, purpose is so important to people's lives because people are oftentimes stuck because their lifestyle has caused them to do work for money in maybe a role that there's not ideal or that's who they are, but it's, it's good. It's good enough and they're making what they need. And so they kind of settle. Well, over time, that purpose can start to, to fall because then they ask themselves in their midlife review, was this what I'm supposed to, was this what life is about? And am I going to do this the rest of my life? And that can really affect people and, and their purpose. So for those who may be off, by doing a little digging on purpose could actually reveal, huh, I'm actually living a lifestyle, you know, for 
obligation reasons, not out of my purpose and my true mission for what I'm designed to be. And that's, and that's sad. And I'm really, I spend a lot of time helping people figure out who they were designed to be. What was, what's their true identity? What are their superpowers? And helping them get into the right, the right spot. I love that, superpowers. I've kind of determined what some of mine are. And some of them are frankly silly, but I enjoy them. Right, yeah. I mean, they would be silly to anybody but me, I think, but you never know. Yeah, that's right. And you're right. I mean, when some people are meant to be entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, some people are meant to, and they're happy and very, very effective working among other people, you know, at whatever level. I think we just need to determine who we are, what we do, what we bring to the table, and how much enjoyment we really get out of it. Because without enjoyment, without loving what you do, your creativity is just shot. You've got none. And, and the idea is when you're not at peace, it's, it's virtually impossible to bring peace to other people. So the fact is, is that if you're not doing the work on your own peace index purpose as an example – then you're actually bringing other people down and you're not aware of it. So doing the hard work for yourself, like you can't give what you don't possess or you give what you do possess. So the idea then is to get to the point of like, oh my goodness. So uh, I ask people to give a number. So one through a hundred subjectively before we even get into detail, how do you feel about your purpose right now? All of you listening, you can play the, play the game. Give yourself a number. Is it an 88.4? Is it a 92? Is it a 76? Is it a 50? And you give yourself a number, and then in the book, there's an actual deeper assessment. You can walk through it, and then you might go, oh, actually, my 50 is actually a 62 or a 78. But it's, it's designed for you to do the hard work of pausing enough to figure out what's off. And, and that's what I, I like to do. Well, and I think these days in particular, or if you listen to social media or look at social media, and I have to, I'm a digital agency marketing person. Um, some of it just, again, makes my heart stutter and my stomach hurt. It's like, geez, if this is really how you feel, you may want to sit in a corner and reassess what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, the Japanese have a phrase called Aikigai. And the idea is uh, for them, they, they, you have to live in your purpose. So what do, what do you love to do and what are you good at? And is there a way that what you love to do and what you're good at can the world needs and you can actually get paid for that? And, um, you know, it's not always possible. Sometimes people have to have a side hustle because they love photography, but they don't want to do photography full time or they love web design or they want to do it on the side and they like their job and it's the culmination of their job and their side hustle helps them with their purpose. That's great. But the idea then is to know is what you're doing. Does it line up with who you are? And if what you're doing doesn't line up with who you are, then you're going to have a purpose issue. And this purpose um, issue is going to affect your peace level for sure. And so that's why you also have a communication issue, don't you? Because if you are conflicted 
about what it is that you're doing and what you think you're bringing to the world, aren't you sowing confusion among those who are around you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're, okay. you're, you're sowing scurry, not hustle. Uh, hustle is, is like, uh, you know, I, I, I do a lot in the sports world, and I always talk about hustle. Hustle is you know what you're doing, you know you're good at it, and you're hustling. You're just you're working hard to uh, you know, finish a play or, or play well. Scurry is you're afraid of losing. You don't fully know what you're doing, so you scurry, but it's different than hustle. You're going to screw up. You're going to have issues because you're not confident in the direction you're going. And that's really what purpose is. It's confidence to know what I'm doing and what I do is aligned so I can, I can be free. I can play free. I can work free. I can, I can live in a way that is, you know, is aligned. Uh, now, you could be doing something that's your purpose, but your provision might be off. Your provision might be too low. My daughter really loved her work that she was doing, but she couldn't make enough money at it, and so she took a different job doing the similar work, but her provision went up, and so her overall peace index score is much higher now. That's just an example of how provision, all of them play together, but provision and purpose play together specifically. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So then we're looking at people, which we've kind of touched on a little bit. Um, people are a mess right now, I think. Yes, you know, totally. People are just worried. I think the whole world is worried. You know, we seem like, you know, our governments are just, I'm not going to even tell you what I think about government. <laughs> you can tell by the disdain in the voice. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's so many things going on that we don't know who to trust. We don't know who to listen to. We kind of know who well, we can't stand anymore, but what's going on with that? Yeah, so people, what I do in, in this section of people is I ask you to look at your top 10 people, not the top 10 people that you like, not your top 10 favorite people, but the top 10 people you spend the most time with. Who are the, who are the 10 people you spend the most time with? Make that list and then start to have a conversation. In fact, in the book, I had created a dangerous uh, assessment. I basically say make a list and give them a number. Just never show anyone this list. Because if you show someone this list, your peace level is going to go down <laughs> because they're going to see what you really think of them. You know, um, just make it up and go, David is a 63. Um, you know, uh, Susan is a 91. Um, you know, Tom, Tom's at an 84. So these would be coworkers. This would be spouse. These would be kids. This would be neighbors, friends, whomever you spend the most amount of time with. What number would you give them, which basically means your number of satisfaction, your peace level with them, and, um, and then why? And so far, and this is a big part in the book, it's not blaming other people. I don't spend time with any victimhood here. This is actually, so far as it depends on you to be at peace with them, what has to happen? What do you need to do to take that 61 to an 80? And in some cases, you might find, actually, they're nar a narcissist I need to put boundaries on. Okay, I get it. That's your game plan for them. But for the other people, you might be, you know what, if I actually just spent a little bit more time, if I had some face time with them, or if we scheduled 
a little bit more, that number's probably going to go up. But the, but the other reality, Denise, is, and for all the listening, when you do this exercise, the goal is to also think about their peace level right now. Where do you think their peace level is? And to not let someone else's um, lack of peace affect your level of peace. And that's a big aha. Don't let someone else's lack of peace affect your level of peace. And I think too many people allow others to affect them. Oh, there's no question about that. And when you're talking about narcissism, there's well, that's a big topic right now. And there's a, a thing called gray rocking, which I happen to have been doing all of my life and didn't realize it. But when I come across people that just bother me no end or I'm never going to understand them or like them, I simply don't communicate with them, and that's gray rocking. Drives them crazy, but I really don't care. I've already blocked them from my life. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make that decision, and it can be a former, you know, spouse. It can even be somebody in your family. But if they're detrimental to your peace of mind, sometimes you just have to let them go. Yeah. Yep, and so that that's the exercise. The whole goal here is to help you, uh, the reader, um, get healthy and increase your level of peace. Uh, but it's not, it's not a narcissistic process for yourself. It's actually, it's, it's in the idea of so far as it depends on you to be at peace with them, what has to happen. And so it's really what can you do first? And then, then you look at, at maybe, there's, maybe there's some stress, maybe there's some sickness, maybe there's other things in their life. So that's people. And, and then people are directly tied to place. So purpose and provision are kind of tied together, but also uh, – people in place because place is also you're living with people. If you're have a family, if you're single, you might have neighbors, um, you, you know, then you've got your office mates if you work in an office. So there's just different situations that we're all in. And the idea that is that place, place should be places. They should be the spaces that supercharge us. So we should be able to recharge in our, bedroom or our living room or den or our backyard if we have one, um, you know, and offices should be at least a neutral. They're not draining or killing us, but they're at least a neutral. So the, the concept is control what you can control. Uh, and so I, I bring up the concept of huga, which is a Danish term and the idea that the Danes spend a lot of time on little things, on ambiance, uh, fires, uh, incense, hot chocolate, uh, or cocoa, or uh, spice, you know, tea, uh, the, because the smells, the sounds, the touch, the taste, the, the visuals affect us. So, I, you know, I can jokingly say, you know, if you want to change your life, it's called string lights. String lights in, <laughs> under a back deck can, can create ambiance. It can change the feel of that space. So think about the top spaces that you live in and what would it look like to reorganize? What would it look like to, you know, to really, really affect um, uh, change? And it, sometimes it's as simple as re rearranging your furniture. You know what it was for me yesterday? Cleaning up my utility room, of all things. 
There you I go. ripped that room apart. I moved the you know the washer, the dryer out. I've got my cat litter is in there, and that yep. creates a lot of dust. And I mean, it's clean. I keep it very very clean, but there's dust everywhere. Yeah. A couple of hours yesterday, and I ripped it apart. I I gave some thought to moving the you know the washer and dryer out, but the doors would need to be removed, so I didn't. But it took several hours, and I, the first thing I did, Jeremy, this morning, I jumped out of bed and I ran to my utility room and went, oh, it's clean. It yes. sounds a little bit silly, but it made me very happy. Totally. And that's, and that's a, it's control what you can control. And again, a lot of people, uh, they are prohibited by what they think are prohibitions. So prohibitions is someone told us we can't. So it's, it's enforced restriction. Well, most of us actually live in inhibition, not prohibition. Inhibition is a limited belief. Uh, it's almost like blaming others because it's easier to blame others versus us going, well, who says we can't? Uh, no one, really. It's just me getting off my rear or me doing the things I know need to be done, right? So when you take these categories, uh, that, that's the beauty of the book. It's like, well, there's a category of purpose. There's a category of people in place. Well, then there's a category of personal health. And personal health, I think most of all of us know that an apple is better than a Twinkie. And so it's the idea of going personal health is mental, physical, and spiritual. It's a whole person. What inputs come in have an output. Inputs have a consequence. So what are the things that we could do when we're healthy? Because, again, life is cause and effect. A person at work can cause stress that could affect someone's personal health. Um, a, a, a situation with a place could affect uh, you not wanting to be there, and so you don't feel at peace because you don't want to be at your space or place. Or it could be a roommate that drives you nuts, or a, or a spouse situation, right? So it's cause and effect. One thing affects another. So in each of these, I'm trying to give uh, one a reality. Do you know, do you see what your number is and why it is that? And then two, and what are you going to do about that? When you can't blame anyone, you actually have to do it yourself. So you go, I'm going to control what I can control. I can control what I eat. I can control if I exercise or not. I control what I watch. I can control what I listen to. I can control who I'm around. Those are factors. Now, some of you might go, yeah, I can't control who I'm around because I'm married or my kids drive me nuts. So, well, then I say, but what can you control in that situation? So that's, that's kind of the exercise that I do all the way up until the peace plan in chapter seven and then eight, which is my favorite chapter. So that's just an example of how to use the peace index. That's interesting. When you said that, I looked at my, my little stickies in here, and I opened up the next one, and it's Chapter 7, your peace plan. <laughs> there I am. Okay, there you are. <laughs> Following along. But, you know, you're right. If you There are some changes you can make, some you, you can't, or, you know, maybe just don't want to at this time. But, listen, all of my life I have decided to worry about or be concerned about the things that I can – have some impact on. I just don't mm-hmm. take the time to concern myself with things that I have zero control over. That'll make my right. 
my skin wrinkle. I don't want that to happen because <laughs> I'll That's be right. frowning all the time. But, you know, it's – and I love this because your your peace plan, it says it's time for you to game plan your peace. What will you do to improve or increase each area? And then you have your notes, and I've already written mine out. But let's go back just a little bit. We talked about personal health, but I wanted to get to provision, which okay. is the last one. Provision is um, – there's this famous uh, prophet. His name is Mick Jagger. And uh, not to joke. But, <laughs> I know uh, where you're going with this. It, Keep going. It says, yes, uh, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find that you get what you need. And what, I, what I'm finding in America in particular, as, let's just say Western civilization, is that there's a lot of discontentment because people aren't experiencing what they want. But if they actually did the homework to figure out what do you really need, their contentment levels would be really high. I personally, I only need, I need a vehicle. Um, I need a roof, a house. I need food. I, I actually need a guitar. Um, I need a journal and I need some books. Um, I might want, um, you know, a better guitar. I might want a bigger house or a bigger car. What We could have wants. But when you think about what you really, really need, and you're like, you know what, we actually have everything we need. Can like I enjoy what? You're talking yeah. about math. Yeah, well, that's survival, right? And and so you get into surviving, and then, but yeah, self-actualization of just like, I am content with what I have. I personally, all I need is a small cabin, my wife, and a guitar, and I and I'm good, you know, and a few books. That's all I really need to live uh, off of, assuming I have food and water. So I know and understand that there are people in our world that don't have food and water. So Maslow's hierarchy, they don't, they're barely able to survive. That's a different level of contentment than the general population. But the general population is fixated on things that they want. And I, I'm just challenging people to make a, a needs budget versus a wants budget. And if you create a needs budget, then you go, oh, I have, I have way more than enough. So then your provision score might be really, really high. Now, if, if you do your provision score based off what you want or, well, I've got three kids in private school, uh, my wife drives a Land Rover, I drive a, you know, you're keeping up with the Joneses or you're creating this lifestyle that you have to spend a lot to maintain and there's discontentment there. So peace with provision is actually, uh, most people complain about it, but when they actually get into it, they realize, you know what, I actually have, we really do have what we need. Oh, listen, same here. And honestly, I suspect that most of the people listening have way more than they need. When I was talking about my utility room yesterday, I do my spring cleaning this time of year because I'm getting ready for the holidays. Yep. Listen, I have been going through closets, drawers, my garage, and all I can think, Jeremy, is I look at this stuff and think, that used to be cash. Shame mm-hmm. on me. I have mm-hmm. so much stuff, and it's hidden. If you go into my house, you think, oh, it's a beautiful home. Oh, you know, it's, it's just beautifully decorated. Everything's where it's supposed to be. Don't 
open a closet door. <laughs> Just don't. And if you try to go into the attic, you're going to need help getting back out of it because <laughs> every once in a while I think that thing's going to crush my house. But we have stuff. And there comes a point where you have to look at that and go, I am over-provisioned, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I am. There is no question. I'm giving it away. I'm throwing it away. I'm on the next door app going, come get this stuff. Somebody else can use it. I don't need it. Yep, absolutely. So that's what provision is, right? So you, then, then you take your, you take your numbers, and so once you've gone through it, I had I had you do, a, a, you know, take all five numbers you've given yourself: an 88 for a purpose, a 72 for people, whatever for each one of them. You add all five of them together and divide by five, and that gives you the number over your head. The, then as you actually do a deep dive on each one, you might find out that you might be lower or higher in certain areas than you even thought because it's forcing you to think about it. That then gives you the chance to create a peace plan, which is basically like, hey, this is what I can control. I'm going to start doing this and that. I'm going to trade up from a Twinkie to an Apple. I'm going to um, rearrange my living room. I'm going to you know, really work on these two people to get their peace levels up. I'm going to maybe add a side hustle or do something on provision. So all of that is now your peace plan. And then chapter eight is the idea. Now, how do you keep the peace? Um, Here's a profound statement, Denise, I'll say to you and to everyone listening. The peace index was designed to help you manage your emotions so that other people don't have to manage your emotions. And I think that's what the world needs. Peace is power. And if you understand that when a person's at peace, they're secure, they're confident, and they're typically humble, then that's power. That power then, they they can empower people. They're empowered themselves. They can empower other people. But when you're insecure and your peace level is low, you're spreading the lack of peace. You're actually affecting other people's levels of peace. So the, the goal is how do you actually keep the peace inside of you? And I have this exercise I do. Um, I tend to do all of these on a daily basis. I have four things I do. I do a call-up session in the morning. I can explain it. I then I have a people of peace. I look for people of peace throughout the day. I have uh, at 5.30, I do something called the examine. And it's probably the most potent thing that I do. And then at night, I have, uh, I, I call it rest in peace thoughts and rest in peace sleep. And I have a little process. I plant a seed over me uh, before I go to sleep because I'm working to manage my emotions. Again, so other people don't have to manage my emotions. Does that make sense, Denise? It does. And I'm, I'm on that chapter, actually, is one of the ones that I bookmarked. And when you're saying examine, it's, it's, E-X-A-M-E-N. That confused me a bit. It's an old process. It's actually a a Jesuit concept that I've modified from Loyola in the 1500s. And and I just loved it so much. I'm like, you know what? But I I, I modified it to fit my world. So, um, yes, the morning what I do, like this morning, I reminded myself who I was. I do a call-up session. I didn't get to work out this morning, but I typically will go do some sort of a workout or a walk if I can. And then I remind myself, I mix it in with 
a little devotional, some music of some sort like that gets me fired up. And I don't look at email before work. I let that kind of set aside. So then what I do is I go, you know, Jeremy, you're a liberator, man. You're a freedom fighter. Uh, and I call myself into my role. Today you are, you know, whatever it, it is. And so it's almost like a pep talk without being cheesy. And and then I remind myself of my superpowers, what I'm designed, my mission, all that stuff. I'm like, I'm just getting my head into the game. And I think most people start their day in a blur. And I just have solved to keep the peace. I have to do that for my own purpose. And I find that it really works. And then I look for people of peace throughout the day. Like uh, people of peace are the people that they're in a good spot and they either come to you or you go to them and help them. And then at 5.30 every uh, night I do the exam and my, my watch will go off and it says 5.20, 10 minutes until the exam. And wherever I am, I'll do it. If I'm on an airplane, if I'm driving, if I'm with someone, I'll have them do it with me. It's three things. Number one, it's, um, it's what, are you, what were the highlights of the day? What were you grateful for for the day? What was awesome? Uh, yesterday I had a meeting with Zach. It was awesome. I got to, I got to help someone solve a big personal situation. That was great. So I highlighted those things in my day yesterday. And then I, I told one of them, hey, thank you for that time. That was awesome. I really appreciate you. So that's, you know, that's uh, an example of stage one of the exam. Stage two is you ask yourself this question, where was I not at peace today? Where was I off today? And, and not other people, well, it's because of John. No, 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 where were you off? And so I then go, you know, why was I frustrated with so-and-so for, for not sharing X, Y, or Z? And um, I go in and do some deep dive. Is it because I'm seeking honor? Is it, what's the tendency there? And so far as it depends on me, I want to be at peace with that situation. So oftentimes I'll find that most of the time I'm frustrated with someone or something. And then when I dive into it, I realize it was me, not them. And there's occasion where it is them and I get a game plan. I need to have a conversation with them the next time I see them. Let's talk about it and process it. For the most part, though, why did I wake up on the wrong side of the bed? I'm examining it, and I'm figuring out what my patterns are and tendencies, and then I choose to have a different action. So what happens then, my evenings are better because I, don't, I no longer let things store up. And, you know, that straw that breaks the camel's back, it doesn't happen as much because I keep short accounts, and I'm dealing with stuff every day. And so then as I go to bed, I have my rest in peace thought. I'm like, hey, is there anything that I'm still contemplating tonight? Is there, you know, I want to eradicate negativity or uh, a phrase I've been using lately. I, I want to choose joy. I want to, I want to choose joy in the morning. I want to really, you know, know all the work I'm doing, I want to enjoy it. So I plant that seed. It's like as I'm going to bed, that's the last thought I have. When I wake up in the morning, I go, what was my theme? And it's really amazing how hard it is to remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, choose joy. So that was my seed. I planted a seed on the type of day I wanted the next day. So then that, that kickstarts my call-up session, and I do it all over again. Does that make sense? 
Oh, absolutely. Listen, I talk to my subconscious a lot. I've ta- I've shared mm-hmm. that on this mm-hmm. show and I think with you, but when I'm I don't sleep well. Everybody knows that it's not something. I've got mad skills. That's not one of them. Mm-hmm. My brain does not have a turn on, turn off switch apparently. But when I know that I'm really actually going to drift off to sleep, I will tell my subconscious. You know, I will ask my subconscious to maybe cure something Maybe it was a, an issue I had or answer a, something that I just did not, I couldn't figure out. And when I wake up at 3.18 in the morning without fail, there it is. I write it down and maybe I can go back to sleep. But I like your your thing too, where, where I can go to the end of, you know, okay, this is my question, this is my problem, can I have an answer for this? And I choose joy as well. And you know what I'm hearing from you and from this book Gratitude plays a huge part in who you are and what you bring to the table. It's no question. It, it, it definitely affects your level of peace. Because if you're, if you're listening to this and if you're thinking, why, why won't they, why does everyone, why can't that negative is actually a downward spiral? And what has to get shaken out of it is when you actually can pause and go, my biggest frustration is with my daughter. My biggest frustration is with my neighbor, my, my boss. And then we go, okay, great. Now we can circle it to go, so far as it depends on you, how can you make that better? And the cause and effect might actually increase that level. So keeping the peace then gives you a chance to daily solve you know, minor issues so they don't become a major issue down the line. And and I'll tell you straight out, the biggest frustration I have is always with me. You know, I'm aware enough to know that I'm the issue most of the time. I'm the Mm -hmm. bottleneck. But then I say, okay, how do I fix this? I don't walk around and go, well, crap, (laughs) what's going to happen next? I do try to fix it. But I think that requires what you're talking about here is go through these tools and figure out who's in charge. And mm-hmm. the God's honest truth is you're in charge if you so choose. Right. And that's it. That's the idea. And so, uh, you know, I, I've given people, uh, and I'll share this with you, and you can maybe put it in your book notes or, or whatever, but your show notes. But um, the, the peaceindexbook.com has a free assessment. So if you're like, hey, this is great. What was that again? You can go take it for free. It's the peaceindexbook.com and you can take the peace assessment. And so then you can find out what that number is over your head, or you can send it to your spouse or someone else. And that just gives them the ability to track it. And so that's the fun part about this is that we've got, um, uh, we're trying to give people the tools they need to, to solve some significant issues. And it's our little change the world like it, it, the, there will be no world peace until each person has inner peace. And that's, that's just a reality. It is. Jeremy, I'm going back. I'm, I'm thumbing through this book. It's a fascinating book. And I want the audience to know you need to grab it, read it, use it on a daily basis. I mean, since I read it the first time, it's been open. I mean, sometimes I move it around. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's common knowledge on this podcast that every single book in my office, and I have hundreds of books in here, 
were given to me by my guests, like people like you. I read them, I review them, I open them over and over again. This one actually carries around with me. I actually need to grab another one. So I'm like, where's that book? Sometimes it's in my office. Sometimes it's actually on the kitchen counter. Sometimes it's next to my bedside table. I'm genuinely thinking about getting another one so I don't have to go hunt for it all the time. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's that's what it's designed for. I just create tools. Mainly the, the people always ask me, where does this come from? It comes from my own, uh, my own issues. I'm trying to create life hacks and go, huh, I deal with this. I bet you do as well. And then I, you know, I learned that we all do. And so I try to create, uh, and when I say I and we, my team, uh, I have, I have, partners, Steve Cockrum, I have our giant team, but we then take those and create them in a way that teams and organizations can use them. Uh, my son and I are doing uh, uh, a system where we're helping dads figure out how to talk to their kids ages 13 to 18, and we basically package what I did with my son, and it's called Six Summers, and that's, you know, but all of them are designed to be tools to help people unlock the potential that they have inside them. Absolutely. And physical health mindset. I think that's something, and I don't have any data to support this. It's just observations of myself and of other people around me that we get busy and we don't really pay attention to how we're communicating with ourselves. So our physical mindset will be thinking, oh, I need to go to the doctor, instead of saying, and maybe you do need to go to the doctor, but instead of saying, well, how did I get here? What should I do to change it? Should I put that Twinkie down? Yes, you should. You shouldn't even have it in the house. Um, I think a lot of us just kind of, maybe this goes back to when we were kids and we just knew we were bulletproof. Nothing was ever going to happen to us until it did. So Mm -hmm. now what do we do? That's right. And, and, and again, back to the, the concept of controlling the controllables is, is something that people can get their heads around. And, uh, and then, you know, I'd also encourage people, um, share this with your family. It's a great tool. I do this uh, when my kids were 13, 15. Um, tell me about your people. How are your friends? Tell me about your purpose. What do you want to do when you grow up? Tell me about your you know, when use it as a great communication tool for family as well as at work. Exactly. In the same chapter, Asset or Liability, it's um, Chapter 5, it says, years ago I coached a young professional with a fantastic role inside a large global business. She was a workout machine, probably a bit too much. She's a bright and articulate professional who has gained her peers' respect and influence, but this is important. The only issue was that she had a hole in her heart, not a literal hole, but a spiritual one. And something was missing, and in her unsettling, she sought some counsel as she processed. Can you share a bit of that story? Yeah. So um, insecurity is um, the root of a lot of drama. And insecurity can show up in different places. You know, It's your insecurity towards uh, peer groups. Uh, but in this case, uh, there was an insecurity that was really, really deep and a deep wounding. And some of the work I do, I do just healing, helping people get whole again. Sometimes I have to help them get rid of some stuff that's 
that's not good in their life. And then other places had to raise her or call people up into their identity. And in this case, the person um, had some wounding and it was actually tied to, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will have um, maybe a really bad religious experience or really bad uh, church experience or a wounding from a person who was tied to that. And so therefore they throw baby out with the bathwater. And in this case, she needed to reconnect spiritually to God and she didn't, um, she had ignored it and she knew it, but that was creating a disdain and an anger and a frustration that was showing up in her scores. Her, her people were low. Her purpose was a little bit. So she was trying to be somebody that she was not intended to be. And so we went to personal health and she's like, Oh no, I'm great on personal health. I'm like, no, you, you are physically, but why are you doing that? And it, it kind of led to this performance. She was trying to prove herself with her purpose and her performance or physique to the degree that she was missing um, something. And it was, all I do is just hold up mirrors and ask questions. And eventually it led to her realization that she didn't like who she was and who she had become in the process. And so she's kind of a journey. I think she might still be on that journey a little bit, but it still was a journey back to there is, um, there is a, a, a higher purpose and, uh, and there's a relationship spiritually that she had been just ignoring. And with that came some, yeah, came some detriment. So that makes sense. It does. And my question there is, was she ignoring it or was she unaware of it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes, she was, yes. she had, had, she had ignored it to the, the degree that uh, when I finally had the conversation, she hadn't realized the cause and effect that health is more than physical. Health is mental. And with mental health, mental is, is based in spiritual. So if, you're, if you don't have a spiritual depth, your mental health may be swayed by the winds of chaos and drama. If you don't have a really strong mental game, then it's going to affect your physical. So they're all correlated. And I think that was her aha. Well, I hope she's doing well. Okay, so again, I'm I'm thumbing through this book. It's a fascinating book. I can't stress that enough. the The title here, it's not the we're talking about your peace plan. I'm still in chapter seven. It's one of my favorite chapters. What happens if you can't make any changes? I don't know about you, Jeremy. I don't like the word can't. Mm-hmm. I will substitute for the word I won't. Mm-hmm. But I don't use the word can't. For instance, I don't swim. You know why? Because I don't know how. But I'd never say I can't swim. I just say I don't swim. Right. I think I think it's the reality that there are occasions of uh, genomic issues of sickness or what have you. That uh, I, 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 this was not a Pollyanna book. That oh everything's going to be perfect all the time. But it's really just the the idea that. Um, you, I've said it enough, a lot here, you can control. And so even making a list of your uncontrollables and then to go, okay, are, are they barriers? Are they hurdles? Or are they gaps? 
So a barrier is something I have to work around. It's immovable. The, the federal government says I can't. It's a law. If I do it, I'll go to jail. That's a barrier. I'm going to work around it. Um, a hurdle is I can do it, uh, but it's going to take me some work, meaning I can get, I can physically be what I want, but I'm going to have to do the work. I'm going to then, the gap is I'm going to have to either buy some equipment or get the right shoes or, but I can do it. So it's not, it's removing can't and um, prohibitions to actually listing them to realize, you know, they're really not prohibitions. They're just really hard work. And I don't know if I, I want to work that hard. So giving people the chance to not have excuses, really. And that makes sense. Okay, so I'm, I'm still reading. Hang on, I need to choke here. This time of year, my voice just goes away. So several stories from numerous giant coaches working with healthcare clients stated that the overall peace index uh, numbers were in the low 40% range. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and you, know, you can think about what's happened overall um, in just uh, the last two years, last three years, right? So pandemic and just the weary just the amount of waves that have, have affected people. So the idea then is can you conquer chaos and can you actually uh, find fulfillment by working on your peace level? I had this one uh, friend of mine, uh, she had a dream about me right before the book launch, and she sent it over to me. She's from South Africa. She said, Jeremy, um, this is crazy. I saw you in the ocean. You were walking towards the waves, and these waves kept hitting you, but instead they weren't pushing you back. And in the dream, I looked, and you had iron legs, and you were immovable. And then I looked, and all of these people started linking arms with you, and they were all immovable because they had iron legs too. And that's where the concept of peace is power comes from. So um, the reality is, can you know yourself to lead yourself? Can you see where you're not at peace and why you're not at peace? and actually control the controllable so that you begin to manage your emotions so that others don't manage your emotions for you. And that is the purpose of the Peace Index. It's perfect. So she's a lucid dreamer, and she shared that with you. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so conclusion, it is up to you. And I believe that. It is. It's up to you. It's, it's if you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I'm just disheartened. I'm just disenfranchised with so with so and so. Then um, you you can actually choose to walk in peace. You can have iron legs too. And the way you do it is you go right after the areas. Don't ignore them. Um, and and do it in a spirit of liberation, not domination. Uh, that's another thing. I don't want people to go, oh, you idiot. You always, why am I like this? But instead, to give yourself grace to go, yeah, it's just a reality. Do the peace index right now and go, I'm at a 61 right now. Okay, well, let's get you to an 80. So let's start the process of identifying. So far as it depends on me, no one else, no victimhood, where am I off? And that's the journey of uh, getting healthy. And it's a daily thing. 
I mean, I'm telling you, this book carries around with me. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't normally carry books around with me. I, you know, I read them where I'm going to read them, which may be on the couch, it may be on the bistro table in the backyard. I have certain spots where I love to read, mostly on my backyard. This one, I'm telling you, I'm always going, where's that book? Where's that? I need to do my work. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is like a planning book for me. It's good. Well, I'm so grateful. Thank you for the, the chance to talk about it, for sure, and, and really to your audience. I really hope that uh, it's helpful for all of you. Oh, it will be. Listen, before I let you go, do you have anything else you want to share? I think it's just um, the, the simple fact that, um, you know, life is short, um, and when you get to the point when you're at peace with people, then you are empowered, and people want to be around healthy people. So be a part of helping spread health. And that means that you work on your own peace level. That's it. Absolutely. Jeremy, where can people find you and give us the, the, uh, you had said that there was an index yeah, the link. that people uh, can take. Yeah. Share yeah, the links the, if you would. The, yeah. That's the, the peace index book.com. The peace index book.com. That gives you all Perfect. the information about me, about the book. And uh, it's a free link that you can uh, send to other people as well. And Giant, let's talk about them a little bit. Share that link if you would. Yeah, it's uh, giantworldwide.com. We basically, we partner with coaches and consultants that that are our clients. So we we resource all of these tools and this content uh, with coaches and consultants or with um, uh, leader development people, development people inside organizations. And that's at giantworldwide.com. Gotcha. Jeremy, thank you so much for for being with me here today. It's been really lovely speaking with you. And I'm so grateful that you were patient. And you know, finally, we got it pulled together. And I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you've shared with our audience. I appreciate it, Denise. Thanks for all you do. And wish you the best. And happy holidays to all of you. And, and I hope you enjoy Thanks, Denise. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. So before we say goodbye to the audience, I would like to remind everybody to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audible, uh, anywhere else you consume your business podcast. You can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your part. That's radio. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, Contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.